Podcast. In today's episode, we are delving into the world of C.S. Lewis and his profound insights on love. Our focus today is on Storge, the affectionate love that often goes unnoticed, yet remains a fundamental part of our lives. Storge is the love you feel for a place that feels like home, the unwavering bond with a pet, or the deep connection with family members. It's subtle, it's deep-seated, and it's incredibly powerful. So let's unfold the layers of Storge, understanding its presence in our lives and its impact on our relationships. Welcome to the Route 77 podcast. I am Natasha, your host, and I am here today with Monique. Hello. And David. Hello. Hello. And hello, David. (laughs) Welcome to our first episode in our four-part series on the four loves which is a book written by c.s lewis and it talks about four types of love he wants to nuance he wanted to nuance the word love and be like is love just one thing or is it like shown in different ways he breaks it down into four loves which are agape oh yeah So it starts with storge, which is what we're talking about today, which is like affection. Then we have eros, which is romantic love, philia, which is friendship, and agape, which is divine. This trying to understand that is all love God? Is God all love? How does it look? Can people show love but not have God? Those philosophical questions we have. It's worth the read or the listen if you want to get an audiobook. Apparently, there is the version I took the other version, but there's a version where he's actually reading his own work. Oh, um, that's interesting. I wasn't sure what the audio quality was going to be, so I chose the other version. It was hard to choose because it would have been cool to hear it in his own voice, but I have heard stuff before from his own voice, and the, and the audio quality is tiffy because of when it was recorded. So I just really needed it to be something I could listen to while I was driving around. How electronics has immortalized the thought that you could actually hear the voices of people from the past it's interesting i was listening to a podcast about it's a podcast on c.s lewis and they have stuff that they do on all sorts of topics related to him and i was listening to one on this uh, specific book and it was interesting because he says that lewis considered friendship to also go into the path the authors that he would read that were no longer alive he would consider that like a friendship relationship rather than just a source oh when you said that i could actually see that because when i was younger and i was a voracious reader of stephen king he's actually a really good storyteller i would watch him on tv or in movies because he was always in his movies he's got that feeling that yeah it's like he's my friend Exactly. So it's just interesting to read or listen through the concepts that you don't necessarily, like we say, we love something, meanings. Didn't we do something about that, like at around Christmas time? What does love mean to you? And I just like that he took the time to really break down each of the ways that we show love or receive love and nuance it in a way that it was hard for them to find like a good like English word 
So that's why they actually say like storge, well, we'll refer to it as storge, but then affection is the closest as like simile that they could come up with. It's hard sometimes because you're sometimes restricted by your, your language. So if your language doesn't have one of the things that I think one of the commentators in the podcast I made was like that CSOs had me at one point was that we in the English language are where have it better in a sense because we have the word like and the word love. But in French, they just have M.A. as both to like something and to love something is the same word. And I think even like the Greek probably it seems to have an even like more refined set of terms that you can separate into. I think in the um, Asian culture, they have the same Korean and Chinese, I think, are the same. When a couple uh, have affection, they, when they want to be together, they say that they, I like you. They don't say, I love you. Although Koreans will say, I love you. The Chinese specifically hold that I love you in a higher regard. They don't use that unless it's really out there. But for most romantic relationships, it's I like you. And that means that I like you. If I say I don't. If you said I love you in English. Exactly. Same. Yeah. Because they won't say that to anyone else. They won't say I like you the same way. No, it's because then it's get that it's I don't like you. <laughs> yeah. And then it's weird. The silly thing is that when you've got friendship, it's just not we're friends. So that I guess that just goes without saying that we have this mutual thing. But you can't use the word like because <laughs> that it's weird. Yeah. <laughs> so okay. we're really bound by our language. And I think probably all cultures have that kind of. Yeah. That. It's interesting because if you say I love ice cream and I love you or a child says I love you or a mother says to their child, I love you. There's just so much. It just, it's the same thing, but it means different things. Yeah, the nuances. And it's not that the love, when love is greater than the other, it's just different. Different. It's different. Yeah. What do you think about that, David? I guess it, it depends on the context, which it defines the actual attributes of what you mean by love. Yeah. So this, Actually, not what you mean by love, but what it represents to individuals. Like I saw Amber today. And she crossed her arms and said, I'm mad at you. And I just, I just, I love you. You can be mad at me all you want. She was just teasing me. She's such a funny girl. Uh, that's actually the storge love that we're talking about today is affection. And that's largely found in familial bonds, mother, father, child, like that's then and children between like siblings. Like that sort of like the cousins and yeah, like that, but the, yeah. So all of those, the type of love that, that we're talking about, the affection, the love that you have from one to another. He talks about it in the book about how if you're in a formal occasion and, or you meet someone more formally, like the things that you would do in an affection way wouldn't be appropriate. And it's just, they talk about, he talks about how you can tease, you can say the most horrific things, but the tone and the way that you're saying it, it means something completely different. Like you can just be like, it's the love, the affection <laughs> that you have when that's why you can do it. Yep. And if you actually reverted to not using that and being more formal, then that's, wait, what? 
<laughs> but when you actually start applying those formal rules right. to that relationship, then it's, okay, wait, what just happened? Something's wrong. I always remember this time we joke that if farmers stop teasing you, there's a problem. <laughs> there's this one farmer, a little bit older than me, and we could rib each other. He was actually part of the board of directors of my work. One day, CEO of the company is talking with this guy and the guy that the farmer had like his tie-dye shirt on, like really bright. And then I happened to be in the office and I saw him and I was just like, hey, nice shirt. Like I was just being joking about seeing so bright of a shirt. And I think the CEO practically had a heart attack because <laughs> it was just not really, it was just appropriate to the situation. It wasn't that formal, but we knew each other in a different sense the hey nice shirt it just looks like totally wrong if, if you went into a formal situation you're like nice shirt buddy and they just laughed they'd be like what the heck what's wrong with your employee <laughs> the fact that we had this relationship of affection already that but at the moment i did it it made sense but then i saw the look on the ceo's face to explain but the lesson i just left but i was there I'm like oh my gosh i can't believe that it's just didn't fit the situation between the two of us we were completely fine i think i shocked the ceo with just the rudeness that it will be in a different situation i have a similar story i don't normally fangirl and this is another fiction because we when we listen to music we appreciate the singers and the work that they do you start to follow certain ones that you really like so for me I really like the music of Brian Dirksen. He is an Abbotsfordian. He went to school here, lives here. He's a Gold Dove Award winner. Many churches around the world sing his songs. But he lives here in BC, Abbotsford. He came into my work one day. And I was just like, like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I did that. I totally fangirled in the shock on his face. Oh yeah, okay, nice to meet you. I really love your music. and. I'm just going to go and sit down now. And I must have been like a thousand shades of red. <laughs> but that is a fan's affection toward their, toward the singers and stuff. Like, I love your music. I don't idolize. You're not my like idol. You still in the moment. In the then, moment yeah. you get, you, and, you, and you went, the stupid button went on. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it just shows that like how you can understand it in the familial way because you've seen it in your own life how you treat your siblings and even treat them horribly yep. at times, but then you still come out of it. They're still, They're still family, family and you yep. still love them. Yep. You take things from them that you perhaps wouldn't take from other people. If my brother showed up at the door, I'd give him a great big hug and stuff like that. I wouldn't do that to some other stranger. No, just give no personal space. Yes. But then we're an affectionate hunter. <laughs> yeah, right. But it, it also shows how it's a subtle love. The same thing happens when you go to at Taekwondo, when you have parents or kids come in. The relationship you have with them, while formal, because you're the teacher, it's their school, you can joke with them, joke with the kids, you care about what happens to them. If something happened to one of your students, you would feel like, oh my gosh, I can't more. believe that this happened. If you heard that something happened to it, person that was that age within your city you'd be like oh that's really sad but then you probably wouldn't think of it again or maybe you pray about it for a night right, or two right but it's not the it's same connection you don't, you know, don't them. know them lewis actually describes it as like a need love 
where you want to be needed and the other person has a need and you want to fill that need. He talks about how a good thing becomes one of the dark things. Yeah. And when you take a good thing, make it a God thing, and then it becomes a bad thing. And we see that sometimes when it comes to the one. Yes. And he actually talks about this woman basically took this to the or this example woman of whatever sort he used, was taking this affection love too far where she would basically do everything for her family, even if they she would be doing all their washing, even if she wasn't good at the washing. And they said, let's send the washing out. And they had the money to do that. She would refuse and still do it. Or if they she made hot food for them all the time and they're like, hey, we'd like some cold food sometimes, but she would just make it. And then she would stay up late. She would stay up for, if you went out, she would stay up until you got back home. Even Isn't that three almost like four. a martyr? Yeah. And, and yeah. And like she would Sacrifice stay up. Sacrifice everything. And that actually became like the fact that she made herself be needed in her own mind, even though what she was doing wasn't always needed. And it became where anything against her, like saying, can you send the washing out was like an affront oh, an affront, or something that she could hold and resent. And it becomes like almost narcissistic. Yeah. And it's just, you can't, so it's taking a, a, an affection, Too love, far. and it's taking it into a bad place. And we see this so much when we're talking about, because we, we have to see we're using our own affection, like why we're doing something can be as important as what we're doing and if we're creating a need in people and that's what they have that like munchauser syndrome and stuff where they'll say that their child is sick or something like that yeah. and have actually convinced the child that they have cancer and that they have to be this that and everything else yeah, um unhealthy level yeah um, so unhealthy level yeah. like we're basically they're creating a need that's not a real need just so that they could be needed but to a, a wrong level. level. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting that he brings up in there is jealousy. The jealousy of Storge is different than the jealousy of Eros. Storge or affection is the love of something. It's like your comfortable clothes. You just enjoy that it's there. Why do you enjoy your house and not other people's houses? Because it's your house. Everything is the way that you want it. It's just, it may not be perfect, but it's your house. It's your family. It's your spouse. It's your job. But when that thing changes, say it's you and your sibling and you spent your whole lives growing up together, doing everything together. And then all of a sudden your sibling gets another interest. Maybe they find someone to date or found a new hobby or all, and all of a sudden the world revolves around that for them. And they're, and you're no longer a, the center of their world anymore. Yeah. Or that it's the things around you are changing and you don't have control over it. I always worry about that, about the jealousy thing, especially when it comes to friendships. And it stems from an inappropriate friendship that I had when I was very small. And there was a lot of jealousy involved. I was not allowed to have other friends. Mm -hmm. So when I started to have other friends, I always worried if I was spending too much time with one person and was making another person jealous. So it's just, it's interesting how 
you can see it happening like you've seen stories and movies and everything how something changes and they don't want it to the other person doesn't want it to change and it becomes a whole storyline yeah and i think that's that would normally happen is if the object of your affection is put on a pedestal because people fail and people fall and if you put the person like you see that in especially in school situations where you've got the popular kid and the popular kid always has that circle of people that follow them around and if that person's affection for one of them switches to somebody else, then rivalry happens, jealousy happens, and then yeah. there's dissent. But I always remember when my brother and sister-in-law were dating and his, her little brother was like 10 or 11, 12, somewhere in there, but he didn't like it. <laughs> Every time he would sit in between them, he didn't like that the status quo of the family was changed. He didn't quite understand what was changing or why. <laughs> And so it, it wasn't so much as he didn't like my brother. It was just that the dynamics were changing. That yep. his home was changing. And I think we can definitely feel that because like how many times in our life did we wish that things would just go back the way they used to be? Yes. If I could go back in time and change because of what I know now. Yeah. But even you're just like, oh, I wish that it would. I wish that this would just be the same. And even I if things that. become okay, like you, you actually see things as like positive and, yeah. but in the moments you're like, oh, I, I wish that things would just stay the way they were. Yeah. With the advancement of technology, there's a lot of people that are getting left behind um, because they just can't keep up with it. Mm -hmm. So I hear that with those who are, it was so much better back then before we had all this electronics. What's interesting, it was better back then before we had the TV, we just had the radio. We would just sit around as a family. The Israelites said it. Back then when we were in Egypt, it was so much better than here in the wilderness. Yeah, we, we even had meat. To just read the Old Testament. You'll it's, see this. It's a never-ending story. human nature and <laughs> sin nature, but we don't like change. Nobody really likes change in the sense that we, we like our rut. Sometimes we get to be the getting out of that rut and we're all happy about it. But then there's people that have been a part of our rut that don't like that. It's always that when you go to the doctor because you're feeling unwell and the doctor says, you've got to change your lifestyle. I'm quite happy in my lifestyle. Why do I have to change it? Because if you don't change it, you're going to die. Or like even when Master Choi left, yeah. there's that. We I don't want it to change. How many parents took their kids out yeah. because they wanted what master Choi had master Choi was a good teacher he taught differently but i'm actually finding i'm enjoying taekwondo again more. because yeah. i'm learning differently That's and funny. i'm learning more and no you guys don't know you no know, come back these guys yeah. are fun yeah <laughs> And, and then, we're doing different things because now we're not just this one little school all these ones but all these see, there'll be those too. people who go why did you go off with that and not stand with me and say, no, this was better than I'm just saying that's what the idea yeah. of this jealousy is. It's if you loved me, you would agree with me. Like the siblings. If you love me, you would be on you my side, me, not their you side. Would, yeah. If you love me, then you would be this to me. And so da Daniel and I have this ongoing argument because he keeps saying that he's the favorite. I'm the favorite. And since I have the last word, because he can't comment, <laughs> mom says she does not have any favorites. Although all of us kids would disagree with that, 
because like my brother says, I was never the favorite. You're the one that mom spends the most time with. <laughs> what do you think, David? Are you the favorite, David? It's hard to determine that. <laughs> I was diagnosed with autism and I was blind, so my parents probably gave me more attention, which can be perceived as being the favorite. But I, has but Parker if you have siblings, you? Parker but if you, you have siblings, I'm gonna say I'm not the favorite. I'm gonna say Parker's the favorite, but Parker doesn't feel that way. It's just the big roundabout circle of us fighting who's the favorite child (laughs) we all do that we were just reading through joseph and we've seen this happening joseph was the favorite yeah Yeah. benjamin if you look at the story of joseph and his brothers they had that story love the affection because if they didn't they wouldn't care right they wouldn't care what their father thought joseph or they wouldn't care what joseph said about his dreams but they did because Even if they didn't want to. Yep. And it also because... You know what sense, though? Because I would find him throwing him in the counterintuitive to what you're... But they originally wanted to kill him. Yeah. But I'm just saying, if they but didn't they have that familial connection... Kind of expected that, though. Expected for him to die. Yeah. But what I mean is, if they didn't have that initial affection within the family, they would really not have cared. No, if you, no matter if what a random said, person said something mean to you or whatever, you could be like, whatever. But if your sibling says it to you, there's a different, comes with a different flavor. Yeah. If some random person came up to me and said, I had this dream that said that you were going to bow down to me. Like, the nearest hospital is just down the like, road. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. Talk to you later. So Joseph's brothers could have done the same thing. They cared about what he said matter to them yeah. because he was their brother and how dare you say you're so that jealousy came but in. yeah so they're like that affection went in the dark side of the dark mm, gods is what i am your fault i always think of it as like this i don't know as i'm listening to it i think of it as this underlying heartbeat of your life where you don't really acknowledge it's there right but you would feel it if it wasn't when i was living alone i could from living alone to living in community with you, I've noticed a huge difference in how I feel. When I was living alone, I didn't care about how I felt. It was just, I was just going to work, come home, watch TV, go to bed, get up, go to work, go home, go to church. Rinse, repeat. Rinse, repeat. But now I find more like that one day when you had meetings and it was going really late. Usually by nine o'clock, you're coming home, but it was like 930 going on to 10 and I'm going, you're still out, right? right? (laughs) We have that where there's some that, that, you know, not that you're accountable to me, not that you have to tell me what you're doing, but you know that there is somebody there who cares what happens to you. Mm -hmm. And that's a different kind of, even if you think about people who have been estranged from family members. Yep. And then that family member passes away. Yes. Like they may not feel heartbroken or bereaved or whatever, but there's a sense of loss. There's a sense of something not quite right. And, and a sense of regret for Yeah, that that it even was that way. Even if you had no control over it and they were horrible people, like there's this because they were they were a part of your life, whether mm-hmm. they were literally at that moment or not, they were family. Yep. 
of some and and then so there's that sort of feeling that they were to belong but they ne- did not belong and now there's no chance of them belonging and there's a feel later there's something you feel yep. and i'm not saying again it's not like deep wailing bereavement which you can have for a person that you really care about yep. but there is a sense of something yeah we i have an uncle that is that way <clears throat> he cheated the family badly and my aunt made a plaque of the family members. There's six in the family. The plaque only held five. And that, when I saw that, I was just like, how sad is that? Mm-hmm. How sad is that? Is he still alive? Yeah. As far as I know, yeah. Yeah, as far as so, I know, he's still alive. Yeah. And then if you ever find he passed, there'll be part of you that just, it even would, if you just never know, it, it's just a part of that. They should have been why? what should have been, but wasn't. I can't remember the last time I saw that uncle. I was quite young, like probably in my early 20s, if that. I'm trying to remember. Yeah, I can't remember the last time I actually saw him. So if he passed away, I don't know what I would feel. I have no way of contacting him. I'm not, no. I'm not whatsoever. And then again, I'm not saying you'd be like overly thinking about it, but yeah. there would be the sense of something. But I've had that with other, like with a, with a cousin that I hadn't seen since I was a teenager and he passed away not that long ago. And I was just like, I was shocked. And I was like, oh my goodness, because he was not that old. He was 35, mm-hmm. maybe, because <clears throat> he was quite a bit younger than me. But I did grow up with him for the most part. So it was, oh my gosh, I can't believe, like he passed away in his sleep suddenly. Yeah. Um, my heart hurt for my aunt. More so than the loss of my cousin, you know, because I knew it would hurt that she hurt. And that's where the, the storge, this love comes in because it actually, the empathy of human nature comes from that is what Lewis is saying. That's where you have empathy for people mm-hmm. that comes from that affection that you can develop for those around you. And that's how you can have an immediate sort of emotion towards somebody that you don't even know. If you have someone that you've met that's been through a similar situation, you can feel for them and what they're going through instantly. Then you can bond in a sense over it. And then because you've been through it. Right. So the yeah, so empathy comes and this is where empathy comes in to this to these kind of love situations. And I see in churches, David hasn't been in church for a little while, David. <laughs> yeah. But you saw right away today the affection that this, the congregation had for you because how many people shook your hand and came by and said, hey, hi, David, good to see you, right? Yep. Nobody said, where have you been? Why weren't you in church or nothing like that? They were just, just like, mental, just happy to see you. they were just happy to see you. Yeah. So what did you think about being a door host, shaking people's hands and saying good morning? It was, it was good. Yeah. Making lots of... Yep. Storge connections <laughs> and Heather, David, right? He shook his hand. Oh, she completely mm-hmm. walked past me to David. Just yeah, she thought she was leaving, but she turned. She she almost oh, yeah. shook his hand. Yeah, she, she was walking like she was gonna leave the place. She just went, she walked, and then just turned like hard turns. Like oh, it was so cute. Yeah, she's such a great lady. Oh, you God. can, and the longer you are in a church the easier it is to build these storge relationships with the people in the church. Yeah. Because there are people that 
I will shake their hand. There are people that I will just wave to. And then there are people that I will actually hug. Mm -hmm. And so you, you build that. The, more, the longer you're in the church, the more familiar you become with people, the more you build relationships. And this is how you build these affectionate relationships with people. What's interesting is Lewis actually talks about how in, in this day and age for him, it's back in the 60s, I think he wrote this. Anyway, I think he said it was one of, this is one of the last books that he wrote. But he said that Eros and Storge were the two places where kisses are acceptable. And it's like, they're not the same type of kiss. No. But it's, that's the two places where you see it. The kissing of acquaintances and the kissing of lovers, which are two different kisses. But he says when kissing, all the kisses kissing, are... Kissing, kissing of you, not, not kissing cousins. Okay? No. Not, not that kind of kissing. But, but if you have <laughs> your child and your parent or yeah. your cousin, like you meet them and you're kissing on the cheek and you're like, oh, so happy to see them. But if you, he actually pointed out that in in eros kissing or the kissing of lovers isn't always a lover's kiss there is affection within the eros or the lovers relationship yeah and actually a lot of what is eros love slowly deepens into a more of an affection after the emotion of the eros like the the first emotions simmer down then it develops into something different, which is more of like the storge love, which is the affection that you have. The old clothes or those old shoes or whatever it is that you, <laughs> those, the thing that you enjoy that because it's the same. Right. It's such a, it's such a broad love in a sense, like it gets forgotten because in society, like we, we do, when we've pushed a lot about friendship love and, and Christ's love and all those, which is, completely legitimate but i think we forget that there is this just love and i think jesus had that storge love for his oh, disciples yeah. and yes. for the and the other for, people and for everyone that he yeah. met yeah like he was he had care and empathy for every single person that he ever met and so it's just and yeah it's just to see him every person he met everyone that came to him for help that came with a faithful heart. He met them where they were at. He felt their pain. He he did all those things and he gave us the example to follow when dealing with those around us. And I think we forget sometimes that we're called to love those around us. And I think this is the type of love that we can show to those that we don't know. Who the stranger? Who was that Pharisee that was in the tree? Was that Nicodemus? Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus? Even with him, when he saw him up in the tree and his laughter and teasing at him. Yeah. And today I will sup at your house. That, that is that affection yeah. that for him, he just, he tickled him. It just, that was, that it was just the, and you can see it happening, right? Yeah. yeah. Or even the woman that touched his robe yeah. and was healed. And he's just, today our faith has healed you. And just that he could feel that, not just the power coming from him, but that this, yeah. The prostitute who cried on his feet and dried, dried her tears with her hair. The way the respect and the love he felt for her was something just amazing. Yeah. And how he, yeah, dealt with the woman caught in adultery and the woman the, at the well. The woman at the well and all these things. He met people where they were, he knew what their heart struggles were. He didn't say, keep doing what you're doing. 
he goes go and sin no more, but he met them where they were. Yeah. And I think that's the story I love here is that we ha- should have the affection for those around us, like all the people that we come into contact are with and to realize that these are all like made in the image of God and that we need to meet them where they are. Yeah. Yeah. We tell them to go and sin no more, but I think there was a faith that was developing when he would tell them these things. Yeah. And he was, Jesus was different from us in that respect is that when he met somebody, they connected immediately they respond to him we don't get the it's hard for me to go up to some random stranger and say go sit go no more, more. <laughs> and they're just like i can just imagine what they would say to me and it's not pretty <laughs> but what what other pastors have told me is that when you meet somebody who is a non-christian and you want to and, and you've developed that friendship and that this is how you get into those kind of But you like treat them like people. Yes. You treat yeah. them like they have a story. You treat them that they have a history. They treat them like they are a person you have empathy and with. And it, then it, and it helps probably develop, easier to develop into a friendship and it might not like but you yep. still see them as people. Right. That's why a lot of people who work with people on the streets they'll say like these are real people with real histories and real stories and real de- yep. like afflictions and Laura when she talks to us about working in the uh, cold, wet, in the extreme weather shelter, um, and the way it shines out of her when she talks about these people, and I'm just like, only God can give you that kind of love for a stranger that you've never met before, that it just that it glows out of you. It, I think she's just a, a wonderful lady for what she's doing with that. I, I thought about it. I'd work too much. <laughs> There's a call for things. I yeah. think we're called to do what we're doing in the ways that we're doing it. Yeah. And we can take comfort and we can take encouragement from those who are called in the different situations. Not everybody's called to where we are and not that we're all different parts of the body. Christ. If we were all the same. Yeah. And that's the thing. And that's why he even talks about, and Lewis talks about, if all people's houses were the same as your house, then what would make your house so special? And the idea of this is actually is celebrating and thriving in the differences. Mm. Yeah. So it's just really interesting because, yeah, so it's just another nuance of it. And it's just, it's a wonderful love. And it's one, like I said, it's such a subtle one. You, you don't even realize it's there until you look for it. And then you realize, yeah, I do have this. And then I do have this affection in a sense where, I care about what happens to the students and I care about what happens to the parents and I care about the people that I come across, the farmers, the, like all these people that I'm in a day-to-day contact with, even though it's not, we're not friends, we're not lovers, we're not, I don't think it's like the same as the agape love, I think which is a different kind of love altogether like mm-hmm. in a sense, but it's a care for that you know this person is a person, it's, a, it's not just a name or a statistic. And God calls us to love these people in a sense where we care about what happens to people and their souls and their lives and just everything about them. And so that's why I think we take Christ's example and we just be willing to hear people, to be willing to understand that they have their own story, to be willing to go through the awkward, the angry, the sometimes abusive, which you don't have to sit and take. But you also you can also understand that they're people. It's just reading something that 
you wrote here that Lewis described Storge as a quiet, deep-seated love, the affection one might have for a familiar place, a beloved pet, or close family members. It's often considered a less distinguished type of love because it can be taken for granted, arising naturally from familiarity and dependency and often existing without acknowledgement. It's the one, like, when you mentioned four loves, I'm going, agape, eros, philia. philia. So what's the other one? <laughs> this one, because we know nobody has ever, I've never heard of it before. think about it. You don't think about it. Yeah. It's just that, that low-level hum that's in the house that you wouldn't notice unless until it's gone until the power is out and you're like why is it so quiet because <laughs> you don't realize that the fridge is running or like these things you don't realize you don't realize yeah and it's it and when i think about all of those the three that we're most familiar with i always wondered where does the family fit into that now that with the brotherly love like, yeah kind of but this one is just like, yeah this makes more sense oh yeah because when I'm with my daughter, what I feel for her is completely different than what I feel for her or anybody else. And my mom, too. Okay. I think my mom giggles sometimes by doing silly things. And, but you know, even like your daughter going, I'm mad at you. And you're in. But if a random stranger just came up and said, I'm mad at you, you'd be like, Wait, what did I do to you? I don't even know you. Yeah. You just take it differently. I take it differently. differently. Yeah. You can say those things and giggle about it. And then. Yeah. And but make yeah. her giggle about it. And yeah, <laughs> and I want to go into the office to the CEO and be like, I'm mad at you and then walk out. It's like, what? <laughs> this person's officially lost their mind. Uh, I'm mad at you. <laughs> just walk out. Walk out. That's just whatever can do it because yeah. funny. And apparently she says it to Marlena all the time too because Marlena's got, she does her own things around the house. And then she comes back in and I'm mad at you. Why? Because I wasn't here taking talking to you 24-7? Yes. All right. <laughs> She's such a funny kid. Yeah. She's not a kid either. No. It's pretty. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It still, it still boggles my mind that she's 33. Mm -hmm. David, you are young enough to be my son. Strange, weird, and odd. I don't <laughs> yes. feel young. You don't? <laughs> right now, you're probably like, I want to go to bed. <laughs> That's all I can think about. Um, he's a, he says my, my pillow is full. My pillow yeah. is calling me. Starting to feel affection for my pillow. <laughs> so cute. Yeah, hopefully maybe we rambled on a lot, but it's, it is an exciting love to, to think about and to actually start identifying it in your life. Being like, I do feel like something. I do feel something. It's like for this and that. And again, I think there's levels like, like kind of what you feel as your mother or father or daughter differs from like the student yep. that walks through the door but it's all the same type like for like for you and david less so for david only because i've got brothers it's brother no big deal but i have no sisters i have my sisters-in-law which are with you know which are wonderful i i love my sisters-in-law but i haven't spent like an enormous amount of time with them off and on throughout the years right? like you usually do when people are married they go off and they do their own thing right What's up with that? But because we have been in this house now since December of 2020, and it's now January of 2024, I've, we've got that sisterly affection now mm -hmm. because we have been in the house. And thankfully, we haven't had those sister fights. No, we've, we've outgrown those, I think. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't, you can't, you rave my closet. Yeah, we, we, we haven't pushed the buttons yet. Maybe we haven't pushed the right buttons. We don't even know where they are. 
<laughs> we're too tired to find them. You work six days a week. You six. Yeah. Too much working. Yeah. <laughs> Time to go to bed. <laughs> Hopefully we didn't ramble too much in this episode. And you got an idea of what store day love is. Next time we'll move on to a different love. And we'll talk about that one. Most probably the. Are you going to surprise us? Yeah, we'll surprise you. But with God's love, it's totally different. It'll be good when we talk about that. Yeah, we'll be forward to that in a few weeks. Yeah. Yeah. And (laughs) if you have an experience with store day love that you want to tell us about, find us on Facebook, Instagram, or X. And if you want to email us with the old-fashioned way of the email, you can find us at root77ministries at gmail.com that's r-o-u-t-e 77ministries at gmail.com and we will shall see you here next time and just so that you know that our facebook page does have a message we do monitor that so so pop us a message pop us a message we would love that we'd love to talk to you maybe it's store gay that too far too weird too weird okay <laughs> apparently i need sleep too yeah so <laughs> We had we had an eventful weekend. So. Yes, we did, yeah. and it's just gonna yeah. get better from here. Hopefully, okay. we'll see y'all here next time. Bye for now. Bye bye. And that brings us to the end of our journey through the affectionate landscapes of Storgate. We hope this episode has given you a new perspective on the love of familiarity and affection. Storge might be less distinct, but its absence is profoundly felt in our lives. As we've discovered, it's a love that's essential, not just within our families and close circles, but in how we relate to the world. We invite you to reflect on Storge in your own life and share your stories with us. How do you experience this affectionate love? Let us know and let's continue to learn and grow in love together. 